0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, August 21st. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me as we give out winners and put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, we had a big day and night. In the NBA, right? Game twos on half of the series. And as we saw earlier this week, you know, this is a pivotal game because 2-0 is a lot different than 1-1. And both of the one seeds in the East and in the West dropped game one, but then came back and kind of showed who's boss. Both of them dropping 111 points. Both of them holding their opponents to less than the century mark with strong performances to even up their series. Yeah, uh, you got to give
2: both of these squads credit. I know we're going to break these down uh, a little bit more, sure. but it it, it kind of shows, you know, to be honest with you, if the series were going to be 1-1 one, one after two, I think it's pretty, you, you can just kind of get the vibe, right? It, it matters way more to win that second game than to win that yeah. first game. Now I just feel like a lot of people, when you look at these series, you know, they would say they were in the driver's seat. I think one of the, you know, really interesting things, Dane, you look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Lakers mm-hmm. are minus 700, which is bigger than what they were going into a 0 series. Like, they've seen the Blazers Bam. take a game, right? And they're now mm-hmm. sit, sat there at minus 700. Obviously, the Bucks are at a completely unplayable number that nobody should even be looking at. But the Bucs now mm-hmm. are, you know, once again, back to their unspeakable numbers that – you know, where they should be controlling the Orlando Magic. And I thought both teams, you know, performed really, really well. It's what you expect from right. these two I mean, clubs. the one-seats. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, you were kind of waiting on it. Because to be fair, they really mirrored each other in this restart, right? Both of them. Right. Three and five in those eight games. Get there See into walking. the playoffs. Yeah, you expect them to just roll but they didn't they don't wake up. And in game two, you're like, oh, all right, let's see. Do or die. And they're like, Yeah, don't worry. Right. Don't, we're all
1: right here. We're good. So so let me ask you though, uh, from the conceptually, right? Because it sounds like what you're talking about, Kev, is this concept of flipping the switch, right? And you're like, eh, all right, they're fine, they'll be okay. But you also said it, both the Bucks and the Lakers. Didn't necessarily look great in the bubble, right? You mentioned they go three and five. Mm-hmm. We've talked about kind of uh, the non-stars, right? And their shooting or the half-court offense in Milwaukee. So, so let me ask you, because now we have, this, uh, we have this data point that is game two, right? We also have the data that was the eight games of the restart, and game one, right? To your point, the FanDuel Sportsbook, at least, is putting more stock in the evidence of game two with the Lakers than kind of all the rest of the evidence, right? And and I, I think that does make sense. You think these one seeds are capable of, you know, with as mm-hmm. the term says flipping the switch, right? But there is still at this point more evidence, at least in recent form in the bubble, right? To suggest that. Game two is not necessarily a flip of the switch, but a a good game. Like, how much stock do you put in it? Is this like now over and done and the Bucks and Lakers are going to snowball, steamroll, avalanche through the rest of this first round? Or was it a game and uh, maybe especially Portland still can fire back? Do you think like this was just the answer or was it? a game that was good for them to get to even the series as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including the West Coast, the Mightier 1090. You know what I mean, Kev? Like, is it now like, oh, they've got it, figured it out, it's a wrap? Or was this just one game and it's going to be a, a series? So I think it's think a good question you ask here.
2: Uh, the answer, though, is how you weigh the evidence that the teams have given you. And at sure. the end of the day... The eight games, right? We talked about this a lot. How we're like, ah, they don't really mean nothing. And it might sound unfair to be able to kind of wrap those losses up in that uh, notion. But the mm-hmm. truth was, they didn't mean anything. Both teams were secured in their one seats. Like the idea that it meant anything to the, you know, it was, oh, you want to make sure that you're fresh. You want to make sure you have your legs under you. But also, you want to make sure right. you're healthy, right? Like, so. That, to be fair, is something that you would be able to dismiss if they gave you a good postseason performance. So then in game number one, they did not. And that's why the concerns were significantly more legitimate. It's like, okay, well, now right. those eight games where you looked bad. Because that excuse is gone, right? That excuse right. of like, like oh, they weren't look trying bad to mean, again.
1: You can't apply that anymore, right? But
2: it's a simple case of, well, what have you done for me lately? And both teams, right, in undeniable must-win situations, not by the skin of their teeth, Looked incredible. And again, I yeah. know we're going to, you know, probably expand a little bit into the, you know, full meat and potato sure. games here, but I think the Lakers probably had their best win of the season, all things considered, when you look at what they did defensively. And more importantly, sure. the margin of victory in a game that LeBron James scored 10 points. You know, and then yeah. you've made a point that a lot of people believe, yeah. And you know, for them, it's hard sometimes to argue that the Lakers are our top heavy. If I would have told you just, Hey, LeBron's going to score 10 points. What's, what's the final? You'd have be been like, Oh, that's bad luck. Isn't it too well blazers? It's gotta yeah. be. Yeah. And instead it was wire to wire. you get out of here. You don't belong in this court with us.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And when you see things and you were asking for them specifically, J.R. Smith, 22 minutes and 11 points. Dion Waiters gets 15 minutes this time around, a big time difference in something like KCP as well. We'll talk about this, Kev, how it happened when we come back right here on The Early Line
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: welcome back in everybody right here on the early line putting the fun and functional sports content dane martinez and my guy kevin walsh and if you've been watching this show you know Kevin is definitely riding on that Lakers train, so he is happy that the Lakers got a 111-88 win to even the series at one. Before we get into it, Kev, I'll also let the people know we've got a poll question up, okay, on SportsGrid. You can find it there at SportsGrid, at the Kevin Walsh, at Spittin' and Speeds. And now that we're entering these game threes, right, it's ironic, Kev. Half of the series are 2-0, right? And half mm-hmm. of the series... Are tied at one. And so we're gonna ask you, because you know, we won't be talking with you guys every day here over the weekend until Monday. And you know, once we come back, Kev, there's gonna be some series that are maybe two two, right? There's gonna be some series that it's possible that are done after that, right? Because there will be game fours technically on Sunday. So it's possible, right? So I wanna ask you guys, anybody that's listening, which of these series that are now tied one-one do you think are gonna go longest? You know, do you think there's a seven-game series in here? Right now, Nuggets and Jazz are 1-1. One, one. Clippers Mavs are 1-1. And then because of the uh, comeback wins or the bounce-back wins of the one seeds, we have also Bucks Magic 1-1. One, one. And, of course, the kind of marquee series of the first round, the Blazers and Lakers, are 1-1 one, one as well. So let us know. We'll check in on that later on in the show. But, but Kev, I framed it before for you in terms of, like, is this sustainable or what about all the other proof points or data points we saw in the bubble over the last couple of weeks and and i think there's two things that i really saw from the lakers one of them is really scary for any portland backer the second i want to get your thoughts on the one that's really scary for any portland backer in my opinion is the way anthony davis played Okay, you were talking about Anthony Davis, right? You were saying he needed to be a five. He needs to be more aggressive. You know, some of the the same things we're telling Joel Embiid in that series out east. And boy, was he, right? He was a man amongst boys. He was going into paint. I guess in the second half, he started to step back a little bit. But he more established his dominance, if that makes sense, right, Kev? 31 and 11. And they really can't handle Anthony Davis. I know about the names of the bodies that they have, right? from from Whiteside and Nurkic, but they can't really handle AD, right? Mm. No. I mean, first
2: of all, shout out uh, future friend of the program, Wenyan Gabriel, fouls out in 21 minutes. Thank you. Uh, so that phantom <laughs> prompt that they'll never actually give me cashes because he cannot help himself. But look, Anthony Davis scored 31 points in 29 minutes, didn't play the fourth yeah. quarter, and only went to the line twice. Like, yeah. If that was a usual AD game where he's going to the line double digit. I mean, he, and, and they needed him in the fourth quarter, we could have been looking at a 50-bomb. Like, if the Blazers are able yeah. to hang in any of these other games, like, AD really might have a 50-piece in him in this series, and I don't necessarily think that
1: they have much of an answer for it. Right, yeah, I mean, and that's why I said this AD piece is something that is a problem, right? I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I don't think. They necessarily have an answer to the other part to me, though. I don't know how sustainable the other part is. And that's the Lakers shooting. Okay, the Lakers shooting has been an issue. And yes, yesterday, right, they go 48 percent from the field, right? They go 37 percent from three, 90 percent from the line. Okay, that's a legitimate shooting night. And to be quite honest, uh, watching the very beginning of this game, kev Mm. right early in the first quarter kcp drops like two threes in a row like very early in the game okay and i'm like oh well if he's gonna be able to shoot this is this is a big time difference from what we have seen not only in game one but in a lot of the bubble right now danny green still not shooting that well right? right only one for six from the field KCP, however, has a nice game. So I guess the Anthony Davis thing is like, uh oh, monster unleashed. That's a problem, right? But the reason I frame it like, uh, you know, the the data points, which one on the scale is more important? Because at least for some of these shooters, right, and Jr. Smith contributing, KCP shooting, what was it, like five of eight, right, and doing well from beyond the arc. They're also going to need that part, right, Kev, and is that part something you're ready to hang your hat on because of a good shooting effort in game two versus, say, the streak of not-so-good shooting efforts that we saw recently? So here's the thing. When it comes to the field goal percentage, they were bang yeah. on
2: their season average. So I don't think that that's an outlier. We go to the free throw percentage. Okay. they we took 10. Okay, so going 90% but
1: isn't is it an outlier? But isn't it an outlier from what we have seen in their recent form, Kev? Right, but this is the thing that we kind of said at the top.
2: The previous eight games, how much weight you're gonna hold on to them is gonna vary for people. Let me say right. this, and this is the point that I hammered from game number one with the with three point and the overall shooting performance. Every single person on that team had a bad shooting day. Bad shooting day, right? Go through, just look at the three-point percentages mm-hmm. that were offered to you from this team. It wasn't a, oh wow, the whole team was lights out. Oh, but they had right. KD go three of four, KCP went four of six, that's seven of ten, and it helped carry the way. But they still had the guy who's supposed to be their best shooter go one of four, LeBron went three, right. Caruso chipped in a one of four, Mar- Markeith Morris went all four. Do you get what I'm saying there? It was just a, closer to a normal shooting performance where some guys were good and other guys were okay. bad. But, that's, but that is a lot more sustainable than. Five of 32, which that
1: we got in game number one. Okay, so then let me play devil's advocate. It is rare, right, that uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Carmelo Anthony are going to combine for two of 13 from behind the arc, Mm -hmm. right? Like, that's also something of an outlier. I'm not saying that makes up, you know, a 23-point difference in a game, right? Sure. Um, but, But that also... Is um something sure. of an outlier, right? We know Portland's gonna go as far as Dame Dollar takes them, right? And he's been amazing. Okay, so the fact that he goes one to seven from three, that's pretty much an outlier that you would expect some positive regression from as well, right? So let's talk about this. We've got eight okay.
2: quarters that have been played in this game. Dane, is it fair if I throw out last night's fourth quarter, right? Nobody was really sure. playing. Is it fair if sure. I throw that out? The Blazers scored fairly sure. in that quarter. Okay, so we've got seven left. The very first quarter of this series, the Blazers scored 36 points. I think it's fair to say, again, they seemingly that that they kind of had caught the Lakers. Their level of freshness and activity certainly came out, and they jumped on the Lakers. Now, you don't discredit that, right? That was the very first quarter. The quarters that we've gotten in between, played six of them, they've not scored more than 22 points in a single quarter. They've not scored more than 22 points in a single quarter. That This is a team that regularly, okay, was giving yeah. us 30-plus quarters. And they haven't yeah. even been able to touch 25. This team had 58 points through three quarters. Dane, that's about 10 points shy of what they were going into half times with no, during right. these restart games. And this was, again, the big difference for me when we looked at those game number one performances. One of these teams is a legitimate defensive juggernaut and has a sustainable track record. Of doing these type of things, the other one is not good defensively, and that's right. the Portland Trailblazers. Now, one hundred percent, them not being able to have a single starter make multiple threes certainly does feel like an outlier, no an doubt outlier, about it. Right. Okay, right. but game number one, we mentioned this; they were a little bit above. And, and to be fair, just call it bang on their three-point shooting average. And they're mm-hmm. going up against one of the most dangerous defenses the playoffs have to offer. And the other point, game that we've continually made, this is eventually going to catch up to them. They are now playing what they've now played, 11 real right, right, right. playoff games compared to two for the Lakers. That's just such a burden. And I don't know how much it's going to matter But, you know, Damian Lillard now having the dislocated finger, how much is that going to throw off his shooting form? Because, to be honest with you, if he goes out there the next game and shoots another bad game, you know, coming off of this game, is it the defense, is it the finger? I'm not sure, but they're toast if these are the kind of nights he's going to give them.
1: No, absolutely. For Portland to go far, they need Damian Lillard to be Dame Time, to be the MVP like he was in the bubble. And another thing you mentioned, right, the easiest thing you can hang your hat on is playing defense. And we know that only one team of these two has that as a calling card as well. We talk about the other series that we saw yesterday. Interesting things to note. We'll do that after the news right here on the early line.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. And by everybody, that includes our radio audience from around the country, especially Everybody waking up early on the West Coast, checking us out on the mightier 1090. Kevin, I mentioned that we have a poll question up, right? And it's like, which of the 1-1 series is going to go the longest? Are we in store for a game seven anywhere in the first round? And could it be from one of these 1-1 series? Well, interesting poll results, but here's the part that I find interesting, Kev. The Bucks Magic only has like 5% of the vote. And I think it's because most people agree that after giving up game one, the Bucs are going to kind of start to steamroll this Orlando Magic team. Unlike Portland, L.A., where some people thought Portland and their backcourt and their potential was there, this one is a little bit more of a surprise that Orlando got game one, but the Bucs come back and win 111-96. to Giannis with 28 points and 20 rebounds on the game. But what I want to talk about, honestly, Giannis is Giannis, right? To me, it's going to be for a lot of these teams. We talk about it with the Lakers and, oh, KCP is shooting well, right? We've talked about it with other teams when the supporting cast rises up. To me, Brooke Lopez going eight for 12 with 20 points is another big thing because we've been asking, who is that guy going to be? It wasn't Chris Middleton again, only two points for him whether it is now or somewhere down the road, second and third options for the Bucks are going to have to emerge. And so it's nice to see Brooke with a good game because Middleton has not carried the weight. No, uh, Middleton kind of following up that game one performance
2: with, you know, probably one of the worst games uh, that he's played since he's ascended to this new all-star caliber level. Yeah. But for me, you know, they win by 15 points, and they, and Chris Middleton was that terrible. Again, so think about it when the question I asked you with LeBron, right? What's the result of that mm-hmm. game if LeBron James only scores 10 points? You're like, ooh, looking ugly, right? If right, I told right, you, right. Chris Middleton scored two points on one of eight shooting and 0 for four from deep. You'd be like, oh, that's not good, huh? Is this thing really knotted up? It had to be tight, and it wasn't really tight. I mean, they controlled this team, and they did it with their defense that was – you know, the best defense in the NBA over the course of the season. And they established it from the start, to be fair. We said it yesterday on the show here, Dane. The, the Magic were going to have a quarter below 20 points, right? I think I even said, like, it might be like a 15-point yeah. quarter. Maybe I was ex- yep. exaggerating a little bit. Turns out it gave them too much credit. They had 13 points in the first quarter. Honestly, I think they were lucky to even mm-hmm. have 13. Like, they completely, you know, had that team locked up. And the Magic couldn't score. Uh, you know, even on any of their open looks, you know, somewhat full regression kind of hitting them in that opening corner. But I think if you're the mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks, you have to come out of that game and you go, you know what? Our bench was fantastic. Oh, yeah. you know, it's what we expect from this High Nintendo, for sure Yeah, going five of eight from yeah. deep, right? So, you know, 41 bench points, like that's how you make up for your, your number two option not showing up. And you know, for me, I just, you know, what was in doubt here was whether they were going to cover 12 and a half. The game was over right. in quarter one.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and, and for some of these teams that are at the top of the food chain, right? When we talk about the Lakers, when we talk about the Bucs, we've had a question about Toronto. You know, for, for me, when it comes to Toronto, for example, we've been like, yeah. at some point in this run, they're going to need that dude, that closer, that Kawhi guy, Right. With the Lakers, we've been like, hey, it may not kill them this round, but at some point, these other guys, these shooters, Danny Green's going to have to come around at some point, right? I don't think you believe they're not getting through, like, the Clippers or the Raptors or a big high team like that without the supporting cast shooting happening, right? And I would say the same thing from Milwaukee of this narrative. We've always been like, Giannis is going to be there. The other guys will need to step up. And so while they get the win, and you're right, if you told me Middleton wasn't going to do well, they can still beat Orlando, right? But if Middleton's off his game, if they're not getting a second source, you know, I don't know that they get past the Miami. I don't know if they get past the Toronto a Boston, right? And that's kind of what I'm saying with the Lakers also, right? Or the Clippers. Maybe they'll get through their first round series, you know? But at some point, they're going to need all the ingredients that make them a championship contender. And, and you know, we're still looking For some of those. So for Milwaukee, I get it. They're going to get past Orlando, even if Middleton is not his best self, right? But does Mm -hmm. it cause you any still concern long range? Because, you know, they still, the supporting cast for Milwaukee still will need to step up.
2: Well, See, see, here's the issue, right? So game number one, I could not believe the rotations. And I, like, man, you got to play off rotations. And he didn't. Budenholzer, Now I understand you look, well, we did all your work and, and it's gonna work here and we're gonna push forward. Okay. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think that you have to, you know, get to a point where Giannis is playing 30 minutes. Now it doesn't have to be in a game that you went handedly, right? But I think it might be difficult to go into a matchup in round number two against the Miami Heat and be like, All right, cool, Giannis, Chris, Brooke. But you guys are all, you know, 38, 39 minutes a game. Right. I, they, they've not been doing that, right? I mean, Giannis leads this team in minutes per game, I think, at like 30 minutes on the on the season. So mm. that's kind of the thing. So I'm backing them. And, I, I, you know, I know I talked to you a lot about it before we had gotten on the show yesterday and a little bit on the show about what I wanted to do with this Bucs team as it pertained to this series. And ultimately, yeah. I backed them on the game. And to win the series in 5. I just don't think that's mm-hmm. the Magic team has enough to kind of hang in there and ultimately I kind of feel good about where I'm at right now. How could, how could you not? Right? You got a cover and you got a, and you got to win, right? Mm-hmm. But I man, I don't know how much I can really support this Bucks team here, especially because I think Miami is the most damning matchup for them because I just have no trust in, in Budenholzer. Like Middleton I'm going to probably play over on his props next, go, next game out. I right. probably will, right? And, and I hope I'll catch it the other way. Positive regression, sure. significantly right? But mm-hmm. it's Budenholzer for me that's really got me like, I, I think I might
1: be good here. Hmm. And that's the thing, and that's another kind of example of something that's, no one thinks it's going to trip up Miami, I mean, excuse me, Milwaukee in this round, right? Yeah. But could be an issue as they go forward, whether it's the lack of the Robin. For the Batman or the coaching or what have you, and I also believe, as we saw last year, that when we get into an extended series and you are seeing this same team time and time again, the answers of how to you know kind of stifle them start to come into focus when you see them over and over again. I do want to go to another game. We saw the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder, where the Rockets are now up 0 in this series. They got a W one eleven to ninety eight. And, Kev, you know, we talk about this. You were like, oh, if I would have told you that, you know, Middleton only got two points. And, I, and we say, oh, if I would have told you that blah, blah, blah happened, right? And I, hmm. I'm saying, you know, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough and Carmelo Anthony only went two of 13 from beyond the arc. Well, let's put this together, Kev. If I would have told you going into this game that without Russell Westbrook, And with Eric Gordon and James Harden combining for two of 21 from three-point land, we know about the way these Rockets play. I tell you all the time, the first thing I'm going to look at in the box score is if they shot over 40% from three. Well, no, they did not. They shot like 34% from three with those two starting guards. I'll say it again, going two of 21 from behind the arc, yet they still get a double-digit victory. What do you take away from this one, Kev? Let me just
2: quickly make sure I put a pin in this for people. Take a look at this Eric Gordon prop. Next game out, okay? It was 17 oh, and yeah. a half, I believe, going into this game. He went over that in game number one. Here he gets 15 points, but shooting 0 of 10 from deep. Are you kidding me? So if that number right. stays at 17 and a half, I think we have to take a very strong look there, assuming Westbrook doesn't come back. And now with a 2 lead, they're probably going to give themselves a lot I of breathing. Yeah, yeah a right. lot take of breathing. all the time freedom. you need, I just want to make sure I make that Eric Gordon point. But to your point here, Dan, now, is this a game that they have to win? I don't know if they have to win, okay? But it's damn sure one that you want to be more competitive. And the real issue is that this game was 80-all, and then they went on a 13-0 run with Harden on the bench. Like, I know Harden wasn't playing, you know, was obviously not shooting great, but the nine assists were six more than he had in game number one right? He's probably, you know, mm-hmm. for getting people involved and, and you're going to still look to him to close out a game, and they didn't even need to do that. And what is most concerning for this Thunder team is to score 39 points in the second half. It, it's, just, yeah. it's really not even the defense right now. The Rockets almost guard themselves in a way, right? It's Are they going to hit or are they going to miss it? It almost just feels mm-hmm. like it's, it is that simple. But the Thunder Just right now, offensively, it just feels a a little hard to trust this team. But what is jarring to me, Dane, in 37 minutes of action, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a plus seven. Mm. Chris Paul in 37 minutes of action. How is that possible? I mean, how is that possible, right? Like there's 11 minutes. I mean, first of all, you would have to think then, That they they had you know eleven minutes where they were not on the court with one another. I mean, because that is just an unimaginable. And that had to be the run, yeah. But uh, you know, can this team still stay competitive? Possibly. Here's the big thing. I will I will tell you this. I complained about Billy Donovan and his coverage and approach to James Harden. Didn't have Lou Dort game one. Had Lou Dort game two. A lot of people feel like he did give James Harden a lot of trouble. If that is sustainable. If Harden's poor performance has more to do with Lou Dort than his kind of propensity to have a bad game in the playoffs, then the Thunder do have more legs than we would kind of believe coming out of a 2-0 hole. I'm not going to bury the Thunder yet, but man, that's one that they might really look back on uh, and be sick to their stomachs that they did not get.
1: Yeah, I might be a little bit more comfortable pouring dirt on them because they had the bad shooting performance. They still get it done. They go up 2-0, and that allows Russell Westbrook to kind of take some time to recover. If they're ever pressed into it, they bring back Brody, and I think Houston has this one. We'll talk about the last series when we come back right here on The Early Line.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. Some people call me the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority, and my man Kevin Walsh with me every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, but you can catch us all across the country and, and all across the globe, really, as we try to give you the edge and help make it a profitable day. Kev, we talked about the three series that uh, kept out going with their game twos yesterday. Let's talk about the fourth. This was, I believe, the first game out of the gate yesterday or the second game. It was in the afternoon. Miami Heat take out the Pacers 109 to 100, the only victorious NBA team yesterday that didn't land on the number of 111. I know that that uh, you know uh, you had a sweat going on for that one. But honestly, going into this game, Victor Oladipo was questionable. It was a kind of late word that he would play. He gives you 37 points, a kind of average night out of Oladipo. TJ Warren is there, only 14. Remember, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler putting him in the Boston Crab, as you like to say. You know, Kevin, we were talking about this off air. I just don't see where the Pacers go. Like, what adjustment do they make? Like, how do they you know, switch it up and get better for the rest of this series. I think the heat are cooking with gas. I think the heat are deep. We talked about their rotation. There's guys like, you know, Kendrick Nunn, who's going to finish third in the year, in my opinion, for rookie of the year, doesn't even get any run. You talk about Myers Leonard, a key part of them, you know, throughout the season does not get any run. Kev, this Miami team goes nine, 10 deep. And I kind of believe they have all the ingredients. Could this be a dark horse team? Kev, not only to win this series, but to, you know, go really far in these playoffs. They look good. Well, I mean, look, this is a heat team that I've been talking about on this network
2: since like, you know, week, three, week you. two of, of the NBA season. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost a nauseam and I've, long believed that they're the team that Milwaukee should be the most worried about and all signs point to that matchup next round and they have to take care of business but to be fair the Pacers best bet to not lose this series would probably be to go home that way maybe the Mm -hmm. league has to be like I don't know what we do they didn't show up because I don't (laughs) see they've they've played three games it's so annoying that these teams played in in game number eight because like I, I can't just say it comfortably but they've played three games that mattered okay, in this bubble, and the Pacers have scored 92, 101, and 100. They off- They have nothing there offensively. They just don't. Like, the-, the answers are not coming. Victor Oladipo had a decent three-point shooting night, but from the right. field was a little inefficient. But 22 points from Vic, like, I think we would have been really happy with that coming into the game. Malcolm Brogdon, good from the line, but pretty poor from everywhere else. His 17, you'd like to see a little bit more, but he did have nine assists. TJ Warren, Mister Thirty a game scores fourteen points, seven to fifteen Damn. efficient. Didn't make a three, and didn't take a single free throw. Like that's tough. Like, and those are the three guys that you need. Like all to have big nights here because we saw the bench came all the way back down to earth. Right, only scored eighteen points from from their bench. Like, and that was expected. You know, can they get a? Is there a thirty-five point game in TJ Warren? I don't know. Like, that's kind of the difference, right? When you're like, right. I look like Damian Lillard should be able to go back out there and get back on his feet. Yeah, of course, right? TJ mm-hmm. Warren is... Like, no, that's not necessary, especially when he's got someone like Jimmy Butler matching up with him for a lot of the game, right? So that's... And forget, like, even the rivalry. That's Jimmy Butler's, like, an excellent defender sure. who is going to make life incredibly difficult for TJ Warren. So this is just a spot here where... You know, yesterday, and I, I, as furious as I was, so I played the, the Heat's team total over 110, and they're the only team that won that didn't score 111 points exactly like <laughs> you. Amazing, right? But the reason why I played their team total, as opposed to the full game over, was a complete lack of trust in the Pacers' offense. Now, someone might say, well, why didn't you play their total under? Well, it's very, very low, though, so you still kind of would be shutting sure. it out for the most part. But I, that's the problem right now, is the Pacers offensively, can't be trusted. And that's why, I mean, Bam Adebayo played, you know, had only seven points. He was a plus 19, though, again, a game high because he was in foul trouble the whole game. Like, Bam Adebayo has been amazing in this series. Just in his role, this team is rolling with him. They had the big Duncan Robinson game. And by the way, right. you're going to get one of these a series. Don't be like, when is Duncan going to shoot seven of eight? You haven't been paying attention if you say that. When is he going to do this again? Like, this is who he is. This is who he's been all year long. Jimmy Butler looks like the best guy in this series. Goran Drogic's playing fantastic. Tyler Hero is scared of nothing. Iguodala's playing continually big minutes. Like, this team is getting big contributions across the board. And the Pacers, just call it what it is, man. They're missing their all-star. Vic's not 100%. Miles Turner's at a complete disadvantage against Bama to bio and TJ Warren is not a 30
1: point per game scorer. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Tyler hero. I would say that nothing would scare me if I was Tyler hero anyway, because of Miss Katia, but that's a different story for a different day. You talk about Duncan Robinson and you know, he goes seven at, seven for eight from three. And I know he is a sharpshooter. That is still a little like, that is still, like you said, the big game. We can count on one every series, but take it for the whole team. I mean, Kev, the heat shot over 50% from three as a team yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that's sustainable, right? There's gotta be a little bit of regression in there, but I think here's the thing for me with the heat, even if there is some regression, I mentioned it before, Kev. they go 10, 11 deep, right? So someone's going to be on point that night. You know what I mean? And like you said, Bam when only got seven, you know, like it could be a thing. You know, I, I call in football, the fantasy herd, right? So maybe, you know, maybe it's not the uh, Duncan Robinson game down the line, but that's when like, you know, out of nowhere, Kelly Olynyk is going to drop 22 one game. You know what I mean? And I think that can happen. That's part of why the heat are so dangerous, especially if in a, t- a potential next round against Milwaukee, right? In the next round against Milwaukee, we may be like, "Uh Oh, Giannis is going to get him. Who is, who else is going to step up? And and my and with Miami, it's like someone is going to step up because they have so many candidates to do so. I think also what we have to acknowledge is Eric Spolstra is one of the better coaches in the NBA, yeah. Kev, and he needs to get his yeah. credit too. Yeah, I mean, look, exposure rules. Now,
2: the, the longer you make me talk about this team's shooting percentages, the more likely I am to, like, blow a gasket here. But as much as they shot 51.5% from deep, usually when a team shoots like that from three, well, you'd think the field goal percentage would get to 50%, but it didn't. They are pretty poor from two. <laughs> yeah. their, their free throw percentage was abysmal. Boy, it would have been nice if they Four. made those two more of those. So, <laughs> yes, the three-point game was awesome, but also, like, Duncan Robinson carried the lion's share of that three-point percentage. Like, yeah, that's seven of yeah. them from deep, right? Like, that's, a, that's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, you can try and figure out the math on their percentage of non-Duncan Robinson threes. I simply am not even sure, going to sure, sure. give that an attempt. So don't that's the thing it. with this team is, and, and they can go out there and they can beat you in multiple ways. And the biggest thing, I would just say this, when it comes to them potentially matching up with Milwaukee, is they're one of the teams where you go, I don't know if Giannis is going to get his because of Bam Adebayo, mm, like and because play, yeah. of Jimmy Butler and the way that Eric Spolster can scheme things up. And that's why they are so dangerous. You know, right now, the Heat, we we talked about this a, a lot, Dane, kind of the tearing mm-hmm. off with the Eastern Conference, right? right? And what we've seen happen through some injuries, uh, but also through some performances, is, you know, where it was kind of three through six, well, five and six have completely dropped off. But, you know, for a lot of people, three and four have moved a lot closer to number one. Yeah. And now it's
1: just the four best teams in the East. Mm. That's a great point. I want to ask you, would you say, compare that to the West. Compare that to the West, Kev. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, some people will say, there were points where people were saying, oh, Denver needs to be taken seriously. The three and the four, like Houston, you know, is... is People were like, Oh no, Russell Westbrook, they're shooting the lights out. They got a two 0 lead. But at the same time, the seven and eight teams down in the West are, uh, are more viable, right? Are, are, are punching <laughs> at their weight are handling it that Dallas, some people think, listen, I think that series could go seven. I think they've outperformed the Clippers in three of four halves. And you're right. The Lakers kind of steamrolled yesterday. But Portland, you know, Portland's got to fight a chance in any game that they've got Dame Lillard and T.J. McCollum. I know they have no answer for AD, and Gary Trent is going to, you know, be licking his wounds trying to guard LeBron. But, you know, compare what you're saying here with the three, four teams in the East with the Western Conference. Yeah, so I think when you look at the
2: West right now, here's one of the interesting things. The Lakers are up 1-1, but you feel a little bit better because their one was game two. What have you done for me lately? The Clippers mm-hmm. are at one-one. You feel a little bit shaky about it because not only is there more recent performance to loss, but now the idea of well, would they be down two? 0 if Kristaps didn't get ejected, has right. a lot more legs than people would have expected, and the Rockets are up two-zero, right? And it's oh, this is without Westbrook, and this is incredibly right. impressive, and you know. So now, let me put it, let me let me put this to you, Dane. If I offered you even money both ways, right? You could either have right. the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Or, or the, the rest field. of them. The rest of them, right? Rockets, targets, Raptors. To win the title? Nuggets, Raptors, the title? Yep. Celtics, Heat, yep. But even money, right? Like, and I don't know if that would be an even money proposition, but I'm not going to, like, even money, Sorry, sure, sure. call it what it is. Do you think you take the, t- the three big favorites with what you've seen
1: through two games in all of these series? I don't know. I don't know. Tough. Right? Because all... F- all three of them. Okay. And listen, I, we talk about the Lakers. We go back and forth and have some fun with it. Right. But all three of those teams have displayed some warts. Kev. They just have right. Whether, how long, whether, how serious you can take them, whether they're fixable or not. Right. But I think my, I, I think Milwaukee's half court offense is a, is a problem. Okay. I think this, the shooting of the Lakers, you know, if it's something that's going to come and go, they might get picked off. You know what I mean? And, and if in the field, you're going to allow me to have like Toronto, Miami, um, the variants of Houston, you know, like I, I might take the field, honestly, um, especially because as we've seen inside the bubble, who knows what will happen. I do want to ask you one other thing about this Portland uh, Lakers thing. And we talked, remember we talked about how like, oh, Avery Bradley not being there and how there's certain players who aren't big names, but in certain spots, their impact is tremendously missed, you know, and, and we could think about this, (sighs) what would Portland be like, Kev, if they had Trevor Ariza? Yeah. I'm not saying he's like, but he is a wing defender, right? Like him or LeBron at least is not, and I know, I'm not like trying to make excuses here. That's not what I am doing. Okay. Um, but he does have a very unique skill set that would be helpful right now.
2: Look, you would like to have more bodies, especially wing defenders, but there's absolutely no way you will sell me and hopefully not even yourself on the idea that this is a different series if Trevor Ariza is there because it is not a different series if Trevor Ariza is there. I mean, listen, Dane, right, it, you know, to be fair, I say very bold of you with a Friday to say, <laughs> right? Go off the air the way you did yesterday. And let's just call it what it is, man. This Blazers team right now is up against a lion and they have been battling for far too long. And I think they'd be lucky to get another game. And I don't think that's disrespectful to say. I think they'd be lucky to get another game because, you know, LeBron's got another, ma- at least right. A massive game in him on the heels of this mm-hmm. performance they haven't even seen that yet and again I asked this to you after game one which defensive performance did you trust to happen again and one of them was improved upon and the lakers oh, yeah. scored 111 on still a shooting night that was fine
1: no this is absolutely true they are tied 1-1 and the lakers looked very strong especially on the defensive side you know the the idea of The big boys for Portland going like two of whatever it was, 14 for three. I do expect some positive regression, but we will see. Hour number two, the early line up after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Now we are finishing up our number one, Dan Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, you know, obviously there were playoff games yesterday, but last night, you know, Knicks fans, Bulls fans, Cavs fans, uh, and Minnesota Timberwolves fans were also watching the action in the NBA. Why? Because we had envelopes, we had the draft lottery. And remember, They've changed it a little bit, right? The evening out of the top percentages for all the teams to try to lessen the impact of someone just going hardcore tanking. Um, Ultimately, the Minnesota Timberwolves wind up with the number one overall pick, Golden State second. So talk about them being able to reload and Kev with guys like Wiseman And Edwards and LaMelo ball out there. What do you think about the order? Who are the big winners and losers? My damn Knicks couldn't pop off. It looks like, in my opinion, they're going to wind up with Cole Anthony, but that's another topic (laughs) for another day down there at around eight or nine, because it ain't going to be LaMelo ball um, anymore. But what do you think about the lottery? Uh, Winners, losers, how did it go down?
2: I mean, the Timberwolves are massive winners, and I think now the question is, you know, they have odds here for the 2020 draft, who will be the number one overall pick. I thought it was interesting. Still, nobody showed up to this market last night. Minus 110 for Anthony Edwards before the announcement. Still sits there at minus 110. For Mm. the most part, I find this to be a two-horse race between Anthony Edwards and the ball. I don't think the Wiseman catfish is one that they should be looking for. I will tell you this, though. I saw this a lot last year, okay? The reporters will come out, and if you can find a trusted source, okay, right. then you're going to wait for them, obviously, to you know spill the tea or spill the coffee, I guess, depending on people's pre- you know preference. But to me, I, I think we are going to have to try and really keep close tabs on the reports that we hear, okay, because I also think there's a world where maybe Minnesota does entertain trading back if somebody hmm. desperately does want to come up. To number one. So very, very interesting stuff there. But Anthony Edwards is your rightful minus one ten favorite.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Could be interesting there for Minnesota. We're talking about spilling the tea, spilling the coffee. Very apropos, Kevin. With Golden State at number two, Wiseman could be an interesting fit there. And that'll be interesting. We've got games tonight to preview. Game three. We'll do that in hour number two. Now it's coming up next